The Athletic. Totally Football Show. It's Tuesday, so we're talking Europe. Bundesliga and Ligue 1 are underway, and the title races are not quite done yet. We salute Leo Messi and his amazing bicycle kick, and ask how are Bayern looking even better without Lewandowski? Meanwhile, from Lever to Barca's Levers, will the Catalans' logic-defying summer catch up with them? Can they register these new players in time for this weekend? And was hiring Peter Ridgedale as their general manager maybe not such a good idea? All that plus why Roma are going to win the title in Serie A and more in this Totally Football Show. All right, welcome back to the big Euro team. Woo! We got that James Horncastle for you. G'day. And soupçon de Julien Laurent. Bonjour, everyone. Hola, Alvaro Romeo. Hola, amigos. How are you? No, very good, thank you. And guten Tag, Raphael Honigstein. Guten Tag, mein lieber James. Nah. This show, <laughs> listener, goes out to you, because you're special, and also to producer Charlie, who is manning the controls despite being sicker than a dog. Really, really sick. So sick you don't want me to begin to describe what's happening at various ends of his body. But he's still there. Wow. Think about that, listener. Anyway. Uh, great to have you all back for a brand new season of Continental Action. Uh, really looking forward to those title races in France and Germany, eh? What's that? <laughs> Me too. Oh, well. yep. Should be fun. <laughs> Should be fun. Brilliant. All right. Well, hey, uh, shall we start off with a quick round of uh, moment of the weekend just to break the ice, get us back into the rhythm? Hey, uh, how about you lead us off, Alvaro, if you have one? If there is any moment of the weekend in Spain, because La Liga hasn't started, has yes. to be uh, Alvaro Morata scoring a hat-trick against Juventus. <sighs> I think this is promising. I think mm. that uh, him scoring against his former club is something nice. And Atletico needs the best of Alvaro Morata because Luis Suarez is gone. So yeah, mm. that's my moment of the weekend. I like it. James City, yeah, similarly, won't start till next weekend. Do you have a special moment for us? Well, it's got to be the sellout crowd at the Stadio Olimpico, James, uh, for Roma's final friendly uh, of pre-season against Shakhtar Donetsk. You had all their new signings, uh, basically given a standing ovation as they came out. Uh, Ginny Wijnaldum, Paolo Dybala. Uh, you had Mourinho also walking towards the team and pointing to them, saying, it's about the players. It's about Always. the players. It's not about me. It's not about me. Um, and... Uh, they won 5-0 playing some scintillating football, um, mm. albeit against a uh, depleted Shakhtar side that has lost some good players, uh, has lost their manager. But uh, just a measure of the excitement because uh, for the Olympico to be sold out, we saw that obviously towards the end of the season in their run to winning the Conference League. But for a pre-season friendly... Mm. Um, just picks up on this wild Roman summer where Dybala was unveiled outside the Square Coliseum and what, thousands of people came out to see him. So uh, the hype uh, is in overdrive uh, as, as people beginning to expect a sort of title challenge from Roma. Damn straight. All right, well, that uh, match against Shakhtar Donetsk, a um, charity game, uh, raising funds, of course, for the victims of the Russian invasion. Uh, Jules, your moment of the weekend. 
My moment of the weekend is the, the goal of the season. And I'm not talking about Leo Messi uh, no. overhead kick. The first of his career uh, against Clermont with PSG. But Jeremy Livolant, if you haven't seen it in the second division, incredible strike from 40 yards with Guingamp to win the derby against Laval. So, yeah. Well done goal of the season, though, Jules. I mean, it's a nice goal. But... Well, leave Stuff like that happens in Northern Ireland, for example, every weekend. From it will leave a long time, this goal. Show me the Ooh. proof. And Rafa, how about you? Well, I think the moment of the weekend, James, was a new Bayern signing, Sadio Mane, celebrating with the Ultras at Frankfurt after their 6-1 opening day win. Instant fan favourite. He did only score one goal and was actually not that influential. Probably Jamal Muziala, Bayern's most outstanding player once again after his uh, fantastic show at the Super Cup the week before. But uh, he seems to have that connection and players really, sorry, players and fans, I should say, have really warmed to him. And Brilliant. it's just uh, lovely to see. Wow, it has been a, a lovely time for Bayern Munich, the start of the season. Two games, the Bundesliga opener and then the Super Cup before that. 11 goals scored against RB Leipzig and the Europa League winners Eintracht Frankfurt. Clearly not missing Lewandowski in Bavaria. How? Why? Let's find out next as we start with the Bundesliga. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Right, Rafa, you're here for a good time, not a long time. So let's get straight into the German news. What's uh, what's going on with the Bayern Munich? They lose goal machine Lewandowski and they're just destroying opponents. Robert who? Never heard ah. of him. Kicker, which is a very respectable, uh, quite conservative uh, German football magazine, said after two games, Robert Lewandowski is already forgotten, which I think is a little bit uh, unfair and perhaps knee-jerky. But it is true that Bayern have looked very, very sharp in attack. Julian Nagelsmann wanted a more flexible setup. I think he was one of the internal proponents of uh, letting Lewandowski leave as soon as he made his wishes very clear. And of course, he apologised, uh, I think only yesterday, about uh, perhaps being a little bit too strong and forcing through that transfer. But on the pitch, Bayern's fluidity in that new 4-2-2-2 system is very hard to deal with because you're basically playing against four forwards who change all the time plus four sorry two fullbacks who push up uh, quite high or at least one of them uh, usually the left one in uh, Alfonso Davis and teams have been overrun now it must be said that Frankfurt I think really played into Bayern's hands because Oliver Glasner unlike the uh, very good setup that he had in the Europa League where Frankfurt were very solid defensively and then were brilliant on the counter-attack opted to be a lot more proactive, uh, they tried to press high, they were very open and Bayern just completely tore them apart. So maybe not really the ideal way of facing this Bayern, but so far it looks happy. And I think what's more important almost is that there's more harmony in the dressing room because Lewandowski did create, I think, a bit of a bad vibe at times last season, even towards the end of last season. And with Bayern individually, collectively, they're so strong whether a season is really successful often comes down to more atmospheric issues. You know, how do players get on with each other? What is the the mood in the dressing room? Uh, is there a sort of a happiness or is there, um, you know, a sense of, uh, you know, I want to play and why is this guy playing? 
And I think so far the early indications are that uh, his move has also freed up a bit of space in the in the social setup, if you will, in, in the social dynamics in the dressing room. Hmm. Lewandowski's move, and so far it looks looks very very good. Okay, next up for Eintracht Frankfurt, having got pumped by the Bundesliga champions. They were 5-0 down at half-time, by the way. That's never happened in the Bundesliga before. A team losing 5-0 at half-time. But anyway, Eintracht, after licking their wounds, will now face Real Madrid Wednesday night in Helsinki in the European Super Cup. We'll talk about that in a second, perhaps. But meantime, prospects for a title race. How are they looking? How are Dortmund looking as well? The terrible news about Sebastian Halle, their big signing, and his testicular cancer, which has now proved to be malignant, they did get an opening day win against Leverkusen this weekend, Marco Royce with the, the only goal in a 1-0 win. But they've now suffered a, a foot injury to Adeyemi, their new attacking recruit. Yeah, and it, they're not quite sure in Dortmund what to make of this win because on the one hand, it was the kind of ugly, not, slight, not really convincing, defensively strong, uh, sort of dirty 1-0 win that has often eluded them in the past. Uh, against tough opposition, I mean, Leverkusen have been one of the best sides last season. I think a lot of people, despite their early exit in the Cup, expect them to push really hard for the top four uh, this season and perhaps be be involved in in some sort of challenge uh, for, uh, for a title race or at least for the runners-up spot. But Dortmund managed to get over the line, quite literally, because um, the goal was really uh, scruffy, if you have a look back. But of course, overshadowed to, to some extent by the injuries. Um, a lot of the new players who were supposed to make a big difference are already out again. Uh, Ademi, you mentioned, Oshan as well, who was supposed to run the midfield. He's, he's, he's not there. Um, there's injuries uh, as well at the back. So I think it's a bit too early to know how stable Dortmund are. I think they, they need to find stability before they can even think about challenging Bayern. I think in a game between the two sides, Bayern are too strong. But that shouldn't stop Dortmund, who are by far the best, uh, second best side uh, and second best club in terms of income, in terms of the squad depth, theoretically, if everyone's fit. That doesn't stop them from being a lot more consistent against the sides that they need to beat, like Leverkusen, but even the likes of Bochum and Augsburg, you know, the sort of teams that they struggle against. So they're hoping that uh, with Edin Terzic back, who's hugely popular with, with the team and with the fans, they can find that uh, bit of momentum again that uh, never really arose under Marco Rosa. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great for them, uh, before we even talk about a, a title race, it'd be great for them, I think, to find that uh, stability that has so often not been there in recent years. OK. Anthony Modeste, former Blackburn Rivers man, of course. He scored uh, zero goal in Ligue 1, but he's going to an easier league now, so I expect him to score a few goals. Mm. You know, when he was going to Saint-Étienne. Modest returns, etc., as I'm, I'm sure we've said on countless occasions in the past. But anyway, coming in from Cologne, or however that club is pronounced correctly. <laughs> you still can't pronounce it after Cologne. all these years. Cologne. 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 I can pronounce Cologne. Berlin. They had a derby this weekend on the opening day. Craziness and Union won it again. Union, sorry, Union won it again over Hertha. That's four derby wins. Hertha, over to you, Raf. Tell us about the Berlin derby. Masterclass pronunciation. <laughs> the Hertha Berlin. <laughs> Union. 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 Yeah. They looked so good, and Hertha looked so bad in the derby, and a lot of people were 
a little bit surprised at the fixture computer, mm. in inverted commas, mm. uh, put Why? up the what derby on the first day of the season. Well, it is a fixture computer, but of okay. course it is sort of manipulated and, and, and uh, lots of variables. Um, and they could have, I think, picked a better better date than the opening game of the season for, for the derby because it is a big game. But it was only big for Union because Hertha continued from their very poor start of the season. They were knocked out in the cup. Uh, already Sandor Schwarz, the new manager, under huge pressure. And, of course, all that money that came in is gone from uh, the investment uh, from Lars Windhorst. 375 million euros they spent and they're no closer to being a big city club than than ever before. In fact, they're much closer to go, going down, I think, but on, on the evidence so far. I wow. think uh, Hertha might be in a, wor- in a world of... Pain? Pain, James, right. pain. I was going with Union City Blues for her. <laughs> that's... Yours that is, is also yeah. that is also true. Okay, Timo Werner heading back to the Bundesliga and we are excited for that. I hope he's going to be happier there. Seems a lovely chap. Frankfurt, Rafa taking on Real Madrid and Alvaro. Perhaps you'd like to finish off our German football section with a quick chat on what awaits us in Helsinki. Well, I believe that uh, Real Madrid is the favourite for this game. Mm, Ancelotti, I think that he will field a very similar lineup, if not the same one that won the Champions League final, uh, just in as a tribute to the players that gave La, la Orejona to Real Madrid, the 14th Champions League title. Uh, still, there are chances that Rudiger and Chouameni, the two new players, will feature at some point. And uh, one thing that intrigues me a lot about this game is the fact that they are going to use the offside uh, technology for this game, which is going to happen for the first time. Yeah, it's been tested already uh, across the Champions League and across the Women's uh, Euro Cup in about 180 games. But this is going to be the first time that they will use officially this technology and potentially they will use it in the World Cup as well. So I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Frankfurt, not in the best of shape for this game, Rafa. How big a game is it for them? Yeah, it's huge. They always take uh, European games seriously, as we saw from the travelling support, and they had their best year in, in, in decades uh, winning the Europa League. It was such a big deal for them. They would love, absolutely love to win the game, uh, or at least give Real Madrid a, a good scare. Unfortunately, their form going into the game is, is not very encouraging, and I think uh, psychologically it's probably a little bit damaging if you're 5-0 down at home after, after 45, and now you have to take on Tick and Real Madrid, but I think we'll see a different Frankfurt, as I alluded to earlier. I think we'll see a lot more defensive solidity um, with Glasner opting for a solid back five um, and, and a midfield that is a lot more compact. Uh, they were really overrun by Bayern, and I think we'll see, we'll see a much more durable approach from Glasner in Helsinki. And I think Frankfurt, as, as Barcelona have, have seen uh, when they were knocked out, will we'll find them actually quite tough as opponents. Interesting. That's Wednesday night then in Finland. Rafa, you got to get off to your yoga, so enjoy that. Isn't it yoga Who's you're ra- heading off to? Ren- random. No, Why no. Jules assured me you were heading off to a no, yoga. We, no, we speculated that you, the thing you had after was maybe yoga or something like that to do on your is holidays. It, is it yoga, Raf? No, I don't do any exercise on holidays. <laughs> All right. Raf's on his holidays. Where are you, Raf? I'm in Capri. Oh, you're in Capri. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, 
Yeah. Romantic it's holiday. More than, it's what more than nice. talking to us then? Uh, Get out there. Enjoy. Yeah, it's my it's my um, wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Oh, nice. 18 uh, years we've managed so far. 18 Ooh. years. Mm. All right. Well, on that note, you enjoy the most important match of all, Rafa. Ciao, carissimi. We'll get on to, uh, you know, some Spanish stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll talk about Barcelona next. Woof. Hello, I'm Mark Chapman, and I'm back with some good news. I'll be hosting the Athletic Football Podcast four times a week. I'll be joined by the likes of Adam Crafton, David Ornstein, Flo Lloyd-Hughes, Matt Slater, and plenty more of The Athletic's brilliant journalists. And together, we'll bring you the best insight into the biggest football stories. So that's every single week, Monday to Thursday. And if you like what we do, then please follow and subscribe to The Athletic Football Podcast in all the usual places. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. Hey, listener. All right, Real Madrid looking good. They brought in Chouameni from Monaco. A lot of excitement for him. And of course, Antonio Rudiger from Chelsea. But I want to skip past all of that, Alvaro. Skip past Atletico Madrid. Looking really impressive, actually, in preseason, even though everyone says they want to. They need to bring in new players and get straight into Barcelona Oof. and their mad accountancy Ooh. chicanery. The biggest financial mess with levers since somebody wrote $350 million on the side of a bus, I'm calling it. It's, it's <laughs> mental. So Bayern head coach Julian Nagelsmann, speaking for lots of people, saying they are the only club that has no money but then buys every kind of player they want. I do not know how they do it. It's kind of weird, kind of crazy. Well, we've detailed a lot of this on The, on the Athletic, and James, you've been part of some of that, did a special podcast on it. Adam Crafton's been all over it. David Ornstein's got fresh stuff up today. Paul Bayus also uh, with some top stuff on that. But Alvaro, tell us, first of all, these players that they've signed, is it five players that they still haven't been able to register because they've exceeded their wage limit? Are they going to be able to get them on the books for the opening weekend in the game against Rayo Vallecano? It's a still unknown, really. I cannot give you a straight answer. I wish I could, but I can't. Uh, because Barcelona, so far, uh, don't meet uh, La Liga salary cap requirements. It's as simple as that. Uh, even though they have triggered... Uh, all the financial levers that they could. By the way, it has to be said that it was the assembly of socios compromisarios, which is the season ticket holders from you know selected ones that approved Barcelona selling the 25% of the TV rights for the for the next uh, 25 years, and mm. then uh, selling the 49% of Barcelona licensed merchandising just to get some quick cash and they can go to the market. Well, even though Barcelona has done that, even though Barcelona has presented all this money to La Liga, uh, Barcelona accounts 700 million. La Liga says, no, this is not 700 million. You inflated this with 150 million of your own. So even they with set all up this, a company, just to break in there, and yes. just say, yeah, it's now turned out they set up a company and through that, paid themselves 150 million to add to the money they were getting from the right sales, and and then went, oh look, we've received all this money, yeah, yeah. And La Liga doesn't recognize that, of course. So Barcelona will have to 
trigger the last financial lever, which is the other 24.5% of BLM, Barcelona Licensing Merchandising. And it is very likely that they will have to either lower down the salaries of the existing players, mm -hmm. sell some of the existing players, and the name of Memphis Depay and Frankie de Jong uh, are the first ones that come to our mind. And maybe after doing all this, they'll be able to register players. So it is a very tricky situation. I remember that last season I was kind of optimistic. I was telling you, I think James, that Barcelona will be able to register Messi. I was wrong. So mm. this season I'm not going to go that far. But I will tell you that La Liga starts in five days and it doesn't look good for Barcelona. They know how to do it or they think that they know how to do it. But then, of course, you have to talk to Mr. Tebas and persuade him that what you have done is correct and is right and it's legal. Okay. Selling De Jong would be a big step. It would be a big lever to pull. Is that going to happen? Well, uh, Barcelona wants to keep Frankie de Jong. Do they? The Do same, they, though? Yeah, I think so. Xavi especially. Xavi especially wants to keep him. And uh, the other day against Pumas, Frankie de Jong showed what he's capable of, uh, even though Pumas was uh, a very weak opponent for Barcelona in Trofeo Jong Gamper. But, uh, yeah, but Xavi wants Frankie de Jong, that's for sure. Even though I think that his departure wouldn't be catastrophic because Barcelona got themselves Kessie and they've got Gabi, who is 18, and he's been playing really well so far. Pjanic. But uh, still... And Pjanic as well is there. Oh, I don't know for... Uh, I think that Pjanic is going to be another lever, uh, James, yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> or maybe they will have to... <laughs> it's not going to bring much to money leave. to the club, trust me. <laughs> no, a tiny the, the, lever. It's a cheap, it's, it's a cheap lever. <laughs> it's a cheap lever, but just getting rid of his salary is a good lever. And okay. uh, back to the question of Frankie de Jong. Mm. The thing is that yesterday we found out that Barcelona found irregularities in the contract extension of Frankie de Jong and uh, four mm. more player, three more players. Basically, Frankie de Jong signed for Barcelona in 2019. Well, in uh, 2020, autumn, uh, Josep Maria Bartomeu, the former president, before he resigned, before he had that vote of no confidence and all that, he extended uh, Frankie de Jong's contract again, a year after he signed Frankie de Jong. What he did, basically, was extending his contract with a deferral of his wages. And those deferral of his wages are draining Barcelona now. And Barcelona thinks that this is disloyal administration, and they will try to sue Bartomeu for that. So I think that the best thing for Frankie de Jong will be, probably, if he's not too annoyed with everything that's happening around him, because some say that Barcelona doesn't want him, and the club doesn't want him, the manager does, maybe the best thing for Frankie de Jong it is actually to leave Barcelona. I don't know to which destination, but to a club that presents him less difficulties along the way. Mm. So Barcelona is suddenly discovering that these contract extensions, which actually produce more of a financial strain weren't actually legally valid. De Jong's people, I think, say that they don't see anything wrong with them, but I guess we'll find out how that turns out. Meanwhile, from Levers to uh, Lever, Lewandowski, <laughs> how's he settling in, Alvaro? Well, he started slowly, but uh, the other day, playing against Pumas, uh, again, the Mexican side was very poor. Dani Alves was playing for them, so they used that game as a um, farewell game for Dani Alves. Uh, Pumas was very weak, but Lewandowski played very well. His connection with Pedri was uh, phenomenal, and I don't know if he's going to score as many goals as he did score for Bayern last season. He scored 46 goals in 50 games, but um, he's definitely providing Barcelona all the physicality that the, the team needed in the box. And, um, you know, his link-up game has been really good. And on top of that, he's got really good suppliers this season because Rafinha is there, Ansu Fati is back, and Dembélé last season, he was uh, the player who gave more assists in the second half of La Liga. So I think that 
Lewandowski was a clever signing. Maybe you could wonder if Barcelona needed Lewandowski so badly to pay 50-something million because they had Aubameyang, and Aubameyang is quite a decent striker too. But yeah, now that you have him, the truth is that he makes a difference. So yes, he was good uh, for Barcelona the other day. And I would like to point out as well that the likes of Rafinha and Dembélé and Pedri as well, they look very sharp this summer. And Pedri is no coincidence that I'm mentioning the name of this guy when he was available for Barcelona last spring, Barcelona improved immensely, so I think that uh, yeah, Barcelona has good, good prospects for this season in the sporting department but in mm. the financial department expect uh, me to lose more hair just trying to explain all this financial <laughs> financial mess what, what, I mean, if they can get those players in what, what a team, Lewandowski, Rafinha, Kunde Frankesi, Christensen, still hoping to sign Azpilicueta and Marcos Alonso. Why not throw in Bernardo Silva as well, assuming they don't completely dissolve under all these bits of mirror, smoke and mirrors from the accountancy but department? Let me tell you the last thing, Jens, uh, because I think that this is very important. I mean, when we say that Barcelona has sold the 25% of the TV rights for the next 25 years, mm. that is a solid, solid loss in respect to Real Madrid uh, for the next 25 years as well. Because Real Madrid is going to be cashing the 100%. Barcelona will be cashing the 75%. So the competitive disparity is going to exist in La Liga between Real Madrid and Barcelona. This is a decision that Laporta made with the acceptance, the permission and the acquiesce of the socios compromisarios. And I think that this is very risky too. So let's see how that plays out. And uh, also next season Barcelona is not playing at the Camp Nou because they have to do some renovations in the ground. They will move to Jewish companies, another ground in Barcelona, and the money they will get for the attendance, the ticketing, won't be as much. So I think that these things will compromise Barcelona. Right. But you'll be able to watch Barca in the metaverse, surely. So for sure. it's all okay. Don't worry and you won't see rats running around uh, the roof of uh, Barcelona's ground, as we saw in the Joan Gamper last Sunday. They all left the ship, Alvaro. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they, 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 they were trying to run away. But that right. didn't look good either, James. I don't know if you saw that, but there were some rats yeah. uh, on the roof of Camp Nou the other day. And yeah, that maybe explains a little bit the situation of Barcelona and encapsulates a little bit how they are. Rats running around the stadium, but also not just the highest wage bill in all of European football, but fully... 33% bigger than the next highest spenders in terms of wages anywhere in the top five leagues, which is Manchester United. 501 million a year, euros, that is, Barcelona. Anyway, well, we'll see what happens. The notion is that sporting success will make it all somehow tick over. But as we've seen with other clubs in the past, even big ones like Barca, it can all collapse. A quick word then, Alvaro, while we wait for the uh, opening weekend on what other prospects there are. Maybe it's Sevilla, who've been in some financial difficulties themselves, but have brought in Isco from Real Madrid. Ooh, yeah. Valencia with Reno Gattuso in charge. And Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I think that it's going to be this season a two-horse race between Barcelona and Real Madrid. It's looking like that. Uh, Sevilla has been really weakened with the departures of Cundé and Diego Carlos. And Valencia with the departure of Guedes as well. Uh, not a lot of talent arrived in La Liga this summer. Continuity is the, words that, the word that defines most of the teams, I would say. Uh, only three new managers, one of them Gattuso, uh, then Diego Martínez for Espanol, Valverde for Athletic Club Bilbao. And uh, the differential signings have been made by Barcelona and Real Madrid. So that's why I expect them to fight for the title. Then you never know with Atletico. The truth is that last season they only got 71 points. And um, 
this league probably will be decided in 85, 90 points. So if Atletico can get there, they will be fighting. I don't think so, personally. I don't think so. And uh, then when it comes to Sevilla, I think that this is the team that concerns me the most. They lost 6-0 against Arsenal a couple of weeks ago in London. The team is still very slow. Lopetegui's cautious approach cost them a lot last season. This is not going to change. And a player like Kisco, yes, he's going to improve a lot uh, Sevilla's uh, um, potential up front, but the team is still very slow. And when they go in Europe, they cannot compete. And Sevilla's um, participation in last season's Champions League was a warning. They couldn't qualify uh, through the group stage. So, yeah, I think that the fourth spot might be in contention. I think that Betis or Real Sociedad or Villarreal, even mm. with uh, Morales, for athletic? example. May what about Athletic? Uh, Mm, uh, we have the best possible manager, Ernesto Valverde, uh, but at the same time, maybe this squad is still a little bit too young. We depend on Iñaki Williams becoming the striker we want him to become. Uh, hopefully him playing for Ghana now will booster his confidence because he will be playing the World Cup. He has to score 15 goals a season or something like that. Otherwise, Athletic Club Bilbao will find it very difficult to qualify uh, for the fourth spot. I think that Betis, Real Sociedad and Villarreal are real candidates to be fourth this season instead of Sevilla. All right, well, we'll see how things go the opening weekend. And, of course, next Tuesday, we'll be rounding up the early results. Next up, though, Ligue 1. Hi, I'm Danny Kelly. You can join me, Jack Pitt-Brook, and the rest of the Athletics' frankly tremendous team of Tottenham writers twice a week throughout the new season for the View from the Lane podcast. It's the podcast that gives you everything you need to know about Spurs as well as all the joy and pain of actually following them. Search for The View from the Lane everywhere you get your podcasts and listen ad-free on The Athletic. We're sponsored for this episode of The Totally Football Show by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, which is up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Now, because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash totally, all in lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash totally to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash totally. We're all driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. According to their own survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Remember the last time you were hiring and how slow and overwhelming it was? Well, you don't need to go through all that again. 
Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent. And because you listen to the Totally Football Show, Indeed is going to give you a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash totally. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com slash totally. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed at Indeed.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker, and now ad-free on The Athletic, this is The Totally Football Show with James Richardson. C'est plutôt convaincante, le remplaçant de Nuno Mendes, Paredes, qui va trouver Messi en profondeur, c'est bien joué, il est seul, le contrôle de la poitrine Oh, quel but Quel bijou Quel enchaînement de Léo Messi contre poitrine et retourné dans les 6 mètres Il est lobé du haut, le gardien de Clermontois, la magie de Messi Opening weekend, Jules in France, it was a big one. The biggest opening weekend in France in the top flight for 45 years. That's right, 77, isn't it? So many goals. Exactly. 34 goals across the 10 games. Ooh, five of them for spunky Parisian outfit Paris Saint-Germain. All right, with Leo Messi. Go on, just let's do the Leo Messi thing. The Leo Messi thing? Mm. Well, the Leo Messi, he looks sharp. Sharper than, than he's ever looked last season for his first season, which is understandable because he had a full preseason. Okay. He finally has a good manager. He's finally happier <laughs> as well. So all of that. Why is he happier, Jules? Because I think they had time to finally adapt to to the new life. And I think he also knows that the new life will end very soon because Ooh. I can't see him having a third season as much as I would love him to, especially in that kind of form. We know already pretty much that the third year in option in the contract, so 23-24, probably won't be triggered and that he can either go to MLS, go back to Argentina or maybe even go back to Barcelona. So so I think he also knows that this is the second season and maybe the last season in Paris. Let's make the most of it. Let's enjoy it. I think he's much more on board with the new manager than he ever was with Pochettino before. The formation, the new system suits him well. And he started amazingly well, both at the weekend against Clermont, okay, it was only Clermont, but the game before that in the French Community Shield. Um, so, so this looks very promising, and the goal that he scored, the overhead kick, was was really, really nice. It was nice, wasn't it? Uh, but what so about not... Ney, Jules? Was Ney, it Ney. Did I tell you he got a new girlfriend? I forgot to tell you, I think. Uh, okay. And there was a lot of people at the club who thought, who, who hoped that maybe the new girlfriend could help bring him, him back to, Is it you know, to his best level. It's not Wanda, unfortunately, although that would be funny. <laughs> I mean, if, if Wanda would go from Maxi to Mauro to then Ney, it would right. be special. No, no, they, they in Ibiza, uh, yeah. Mauro Icardi and Wanda and the girls. Did they let the club they, know they were going to Ibiza, Jules? Uh, I think I think this is I think as a new career is maybe hoping to work for the Nobu Hotel in Ibiza uh, more than a, more than being a footballer, and maybe that there was a job interview there for him or something because otherwise it's very strange. The club said that he was left out of the squad for to sort out 
personal things mm-hmm. and he said like you know this is bs this is not true they just gave me days off maybe they gave you day off because you're rubbish and they don't want you there anymore all right but anyway, Neymar, yeah, a goal and three assists in that 5-0 win over Clermont. Looking good, huh, Jules? No Mbappé this time around. Did that give the others a bit more freedom, a bit more room to play? I, I think it helped in the sense that uh, Pablo Sarabia, who's, you know, who's a good player, played in front where Kylian Mbappé would play normally with Neymar and Messi. And that, I mean, you know, it's, it's like... Um, I don't want to say that they bullied him into defend, defending a bit, but I think certainly if you're Messi and Neymar and you see Sarabia, they say, hey, Pablo, Pablo, go and do the work when we don't have the ball. Go and defend. So we saw Sarabia. I mean, he didn't do much in the game, but he defended a lot and sort of covered for Messi and covered for Neymar a bit when PSG lost the ball. I don't think Kylian would, would be doing that. So I think once Kylian comes back, which could be against Montpellier the weekend, they would, they would need a bit of adjustment to be done, especially when they lose the ball and, and, and who does what and who goes where. Because he worked pretty well with Sarabia in the sense that Neymar and Messi didn't really have to work defensively, especially Messi. And Sarabia was doing that kind of work. Again, I don't think Kylian would be doing it, but we, we will see. Certainly, okay. certainly the dynamic within the club right now and what Galtier has been doing so far has been very encouraging. The, the new formation works, Sergio Ramos and Vitinha, so- for example, have had a really nice impact. So 5-0 against Clermont this weekend and then 4-0 against Nantes in the community show. What is Gauthier doing? What, what, what is the formation? So the, the back, he went to a back three, which remember last season, we, I mean, we begged Pochettino to at least try it, which he, he did only at the end of certain games or when they were behind and he wanted to change something, but never really installed the formation. I mean, you know, on a, like for, for a long time or for a period of time. Uh, and that back three, Marquinhos, Kimpembe and Sergio Ramos so far, as long as Sergio Ramos stays fit, unless they bring another centre-back like Skriniar or someone like that, this is working really fine. You've got Verratti and Vitinha in midfield with Nuno Mendes and Hakimi on, as wing-backs, which is much better for them, by the way. And then Messi and Neymar behind, well, with Sarabia up front or with Kylian Mbappe. I mean, obviously, if Fabian Ruiz signs, which looks like a possibility, Renato Sanchez has already joined the club as well. That gives you a lot of options even to go to a 3-5-2 formation or to change a few things in midfield or when Marco Verratti would be either suspended, which is a lot, or injured, which is a lot as well, uh, after a night at the Medellin. But, but at least you've got bodies, you've got options better than what you used to have with Herrera and Wijnaldum and Paredes and those kind of guys, gay. So it's, it's, looking, it's looking better what Campos and Galtier are doing. But again, it was only not and Clermont. So let's see against better opposition. All right. Do you have better opposition? Who, who is there who's going to challenge PSG in Ligue 1? We've got uh, what, Monaco. You saw them uh, victorious yeah. at Strasbourg on Saturday. You've got Palin Fonseca's in at Lille. Marseille looking tasty under Igor Tudor, although the fans are yeah. not too happy out here. And what about Nice with Lucien Favre? back at the wheel and the likes of Aaron Ramsey coming in and Kasper Michael as well but Ramsey what a debut for him yeah incredible came on with 20 minutes to go they were 1-0 down not playing well at all where to lose the new newly promoted sides and yeah nice run from midfield from Ramsey it's a good cross and then perfect finish lovely assist yeah lovely assist obviously someone died the day after uh, this is what Aaron does <laughs> but you can't oh, talk no. about Oli- that. Olivia Newton-John. It was Olivia, Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Um, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I don't understand. I Somebody is always going to die. Yeah, but not that yeah, big. But, and and not as often as when he scores. 
Um, Luckily, it's not as often as when he was in his prime. So yes, yeah. Thank goodness for injuries. Otherwise, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. We wouldn't have many. uh, Poor um, chat. He must be so sick of this story because it is. I know. It's just yeah. It's not nice. But 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 it's not nice for Olivia Newton-John as well. But passing over the yeah, our thoughts, etc. Yes. Jules. Rest in peace, for sure. But yeah, yeah. well done. But, but I'm a bit more worried. You see the lead of Fonseca playing really, really well. Jonathan David and the, the the fluidity they had, even the calls that he made. You saw Monaco with a B team because they were preparing for the Champions League second leg against PSV Eindhoven on, on Tuesday night. Uh, doing really well at Strasbourg and some of those sort of second team players doing really well, like, like Diata or Diop, players like that. Marseille did well at Reims, although I've, I've really never seen a new manager on his debut at home being booed by his own fans. I mean, this is something else. This is another what? level. And Why do they hate him so much? They hate him because it's been quite a rocky start for him since he arrived in terms of the games in pre-season where they were shocking at best, you know, losing to clubs like, like Norwich and Nottingham Forest and clubs like that. And because he's already had a few arguments with... Gerson with Gendouzi with Amavi and obviously in Marseille everything gets leaked pretty quickly so so they, they were just not happy at all by the, the relationship between him and the squad they won 4-1 against Reims although Reims were I thought very naive in the way they approached the game but but for him to be booed you know when, when they said and your new manager Igor Tudor and then the, the, the noise and the sound was just crazy he said he didn't hear it because he was in the dressing room I heard it from London, so he could have heard him from within the dressing room for sure. So that I think again, I think we will have a, a, a pretty amazing season in Marseille if the start is like this. Brilliant. All right. Well, you mentioned uh, Monaco. They've got the second leg of their Champions League third round, third qualifying round for the group stages. There's another round after this. As it stands, they are currently one-one with PSV. Also, uh, games to watch out for between. Today and tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday, Benfica, who are 4-0 up against Midland, looking pretty good to go through. Rangers have a two-goal deficit to make up as they welcome Union Saint-Gilois to Glasgow. Anything else we and should mention? the winner mention? of that will play Monaco. Or Monaco <gasps> will it? Yeah. Also, Bodo Glimt, who, of course, thrilled us all in the Europa Conference League last season, are 5-0 up against, I want to say, Lithuanian side, Zalgaris. Anyone want to disagree with that? Something? Yeah, so they're looking good to, good to go through, but then of course there's another round after that. Anyway, some stuff for us to be discussing next time around. And whoever does get through to the group stage, where can people see them come the new season of Champions League group stage action? And the gold show, people! It's back. We're back. Back. Never in doubt. Leon Jules. Yeah, just quickly, they started well on Friday night. They won. 2-1 against uh, Ajaccio, one of the newly promoted side. Lacazette with a goal and an assist. Mm. Uh, he, coming back to the club, him and Toliso going back to, um, to where it all started for them. And a red card for Anthony Lopez for like a crazy challenge for the goalkeeper, like uh, Aaron Schumacher on Batiston, uh, the 82 World Cup, that kind of stuff. Which, unfortunately for him, this is not the first time. And, and that has started the debate again on... on you know, is he, is he a reckless goalkeeper when he does things like that? Mbappé, Romain Thomas last season, they were all victims in a way of, of those crazy, uh, uh, you know, him going out for the ball, missing the ball and just clattering or sometimes having the ball but then still clattering into into the, oppo- the, the opponent. So I hope he learns from it because that was a really, really, really nasty uh, clash. I hope so too. 
All right, Jules, perhaps in a second or two we can ask you if Adrien Rabiot and his mum Veronique are really going to do a deal with Manchester United. But thank you for that league roundup. Next up it is City A. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker and now ad-free on The Athletic, this is The Totally Football Show with James Richardson. Jules, Adrian Rabiot to Old Trafford, yay? Well, it certainly looks that way. They've oh, yeah? Time. Yeah, I think so. He's on the, the short list, whether it's in, instead of Frankie de Jong or even if Frankie de Jong happens, uh, they still go for him. He's, he's a different profile, of course, to, to de Jong. Um, I mean, Juventus probably could not believe their luck when they got a call. Uh, for Rabiot, I think he wanted ideally to go to a, a club in the Champions League. But because there, there hasn't been many offers, and I'm sure James will back me up on that, I think he will take United. He's only keen on joining right now. Then, of course, you have to deal with Veronique, and, and that's another story. What I find amazing uh, about this and the bid for Arnautovic is that it's not like these deals are agent-driven, right? It's not like you have intermediaries proposing, hey, we know that Juventus would be prepared to offload Adrian Rabio. Hey, you know, Arnautovic has had a good season at Bologna. You know, Arnautovic is represented by his brother. As Jules has mentioned, uh, Rabio is, is represented by his mum. And so these are clearly players that United want. United have been proactive about signing, um, which I think to some fans is baffling, uh, really. Um, and Rabio, we had a piece on the site about him today. He's just a, a very polarizing player in Italy. Um, someone who has uh, come to represent the decline of Juventus' midfield along with Ramsey. We've seen how Ramsey with a new challenge can score a goal and, uh, and things look positive for him. So that might be the case with Rabiot. But the paradox, I suppose, is that Juventus play him almost every week. Uh, Didier Deschamps calls him up whenever there's not controversy. <laughs> um, these very good coaches really like him. And fans, for example, particularly at Juventus, um, don't really know what he has to offer because you know he has this... Um, He's this tall, elegant, left-footed player who has come through at Paris Saint-Germain uh, where everyone kind of associates that team this era with skill, technique, flair. And, you know, Rabiot doesn't score. He doesn't uh, set up goals. He doesn't create chances. He's much more kind of a physical athletic player than I think people give him credit for. And, you know, maybe that's one of the things that United are looking for. But, yeah. I kind of I, I I made the comparison in the piece that it's like you you kind of cross Timothy Chalamet with with Scott McTominay and and there you have it that's 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 Rabio so um, it's I mean he's going into the final year of his contract and if Juventus get close to twenty million euros then that's a great piece of business for 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 all parties you might say mm. great bit of business you think Jules PSG let him go on a free Juve happy to see him depart do you PSG see it working? Wanted him to extend though, and oh, I yeah? think he just ran down his contract mm. uh, because he wanted something something different. I mean, he's he's one of my boys, so I'm not objective. He literally grew up like there was only the 
the the river the Marne between between where my parents live and when he used to live so i like him i like him a lot i think he has something to to offer you don't play 45 games for juventus last season if if you're really really that bad i can understand united fans a bit being a bit baffled like like james said i think baffled is a, is a right word but I, I i do think that 27 he's got he's got some he's got something to to offer if you put him in the right structure in the right environment if he's motivated and everything he wants okay, to be challenged is united the right structure in the right environment then maybe not well, mm. ten Hag wants them to be <laughs> and Rabiot is better than McTominay or Fred to play like that yeah uh, I agree the, too the, the the interesting thing for me yeah I kind of agree on that as well but I think he's he's a player well suited to the Premier League without any doubt um but I'm not sure how well suited he is to Ten Hag but as I said it's obviously a very proactive move for Manchester United this isn't um, agents going around uh, the Premier League trying to drum up interest and saying here by the way uh, Juventus might sell Rabia this is this is someone who has been specifically targeted by United so uh, but if you're a United so, fan and you're listening just don't look at Rabia's stats in Italy okay because this <laughs> <laughs> you know in terms of <laughs> progressive carries Goals and assists, like James said, all that kind of dribbling. Nah, don't don't look. Just just look at the beautiful Frenchman that you can see coming to your club, and then hope for the best. Voila. All right then. Let's talk about City A then. As Rabio prepares to pack his bags, are Roma about to win the title, James? <laughs> <laughs> they are, yeah. Jose's second season. Paolo Dybala, Gini Wijnaldum. Need I go on? Yeah, expectation is through the roof. I mean, you probably have to go back to sort of 2004. So, you know, when Roma was still kind of at the tail end of that title winnings team in 2001 and, you know, they'd replaced Batistuta with Cassano and, you know, they were still pulling in huge crowds at the Stadio Olimpico on a, on a, on a regular basis. You know, for me, what would represent success for, for Roma this season is, is just getting into the Champions League. I mean, yeah, people forget how far off um, that they were last year. Um, and uh, yeah, their record against the sides that they have to dislodge in order to get into the top four, it wasn't very good last year. Um, yes, they, they beat Atalanta, but Atalanta ended up finishing behind them. And it was probably the poorest season that um, you know, Gian-Piero Gasparini has had since he's been in Bergamo. So all the signings point to a kind of win now mentality, a very short window of opportunity for Roma because um, yeah, Dybala's approaching his 30s, Matic is in his 30s, um, Wijnaldum's kind of around the same age profile as well. Yeah, and when all of these players are fit and available, and I'm talking more Wijnaldum and Dybala than, than Matic, it is, it is a very exciting proposition um, because you know the, the idea of Nicolo Zaniolo, if he stays, and Dybala playing off Tammy Abraham, it's very exciting. And if you look at some of the goals that they were scoring against Shakhtar, um, really nice one-touch flowing mm. team moves. Um, that that the beautiful other thing... corner that Dybala took as well. <laughs> this is so kind of modern football, I think, in 2022, is to almost judge a player on no. that one single... No one's judging him on that, but for a professional player to take a, yeah. a corner like he that. Gave, he gave a good, you know, he, he took a good corner against Spurs when he set up the Ibanez goal. So, yeah, you know, there sometimes you go. they're good there corners. You go. Yeah. Personally, it's the saddest thing I've seen. I mean, that Dybala <laughs> corner was pathetic. <laughs> well, look, um, enough of that. Um, you've 
killed my buzz. Um, I know, you killed the vibe, really. Oh, let's, okay. let's not talk about your <laughs> yeah. Wijnaldum uh, no, but announcement Zaniolo's video. staying, that's really exciting. And it, the, the papers are if strong. He the fact that he, if he stays. But it, uh, as, as we move towards the start of the season, it, I guess that the needle of probability is swinging in, in, in Remain's favour. And, of course, you've got Lorenzo Pellegrini. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, still three weeks to go. They haven't really... Um, I mean, they've started selling players, which is which is encouraging because remember last year they they, they didn't and they spent 120 million. Um, I think if you look around the league, it has been quite quiet in City. Yeah, okay, they've brought in Lukaku back to Inter, mm. Pogba uh, back to Juventus, although Pogba's going to be out for five weeks. Mm. Um, Di Maria, uh, but those those deals have largely been done free or on on loan and that's because i think a lot of italian clubs are expecting financial fair play to bite yes financial fair play is still a thing and mm. uh you went to for kind of agreeing these settlement agreements at the moment so what, what, one more thing it. for your roma buzz is 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 spinazzola is that like a new signing as well Yes, Spin is back. And I think if he can play as well as he did in the Euros, because up until that point, he'd been considered a mercurial player, very up and down, literally and figuratively. Um, and uh, I, I suppose that the one thing that is uh, not a regret, but one of the things Mourinho did well last year was he gave uh, Zaleski uh, a chance uh, on the left-hand side in Spinazzola's place. And Zaleski was arguably the revelation of the season in City last year. Really promising young player. So, um, yeah, there'll be plenty of games for both of them to play. Um, and there's certainly more depth to Roma um, than, than there was last year. Um, so I'm excited. But on the one hand, I would stop short from saying that they're going to challenge for the title. On the other, I look at Inter and Juventus and I think, okay. Yeah, they brought Lukaku back. They brought Pogba back, but there are a lot of problems at both of those uh, both of those clubs in terms of how the teams are set up and and uh, and looking ahead of the start of the season at the weekend. What, what um, about the champions, Milan? So people were quite down on Milan because it, you know there was the takeover after um, they won the title, um, which is still um, due to be completed in in September. Um, there was the long and drawn-out process of extending the contracts of Paolo Maldini and his right-hand man, Ricky Massaro, which went right down to the to the kind of final hour uh, of, of their contracts uh, expiring. Uh, and then they took ages to get the Charles de Ketelet deal over the line. But... Um, yeah, they, they wanted him justifiably because yeah, one of the really good things about Milan's title winning season, and I think the difference was in the last two and a half months, Kalulu emerged uh, with Tomori. So they didn't need to spend 32, 40 million on, on Sven Botman. They wanted to sign De Ketelet. They signed him in the end. And I think that signing's great. Um, but what we saw from Milan... I think really from February onwards was this was the start of something, not the end of something, um, because Kalulu did feel like a new signing, and that uh, that Tamori Kalulu partnership is fantastic, um, and they've just got more con- continuity. They played really well in pre-season, unlike Juventus, unlike Inter. Uh, read into that what you will. Mm. So there's some there's still some very positive vibes about so- Milan. Something brewing, something tasty brewing. In Milan, if, if they can get the kettle on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, hey, what about the big spenders, though? 
this summer. And yes, I'm talking Monza. They've come up from Serie B with Lecce, Cremonese, who are back after 26 years away. Gianluca Vielli's old side. But Monza, what kind of season has Berlusconi bought himself, if you, you know what I mean? Well, after helping bringing down the government, um, you know, he's, <laughs> he's very much uh, front and centre. I mean, when they got promoted via the playoffs, which was, was I wouldn't say an embarrassment because they had the biggest wage points in the second division. They've been the biggest spenders since they got into Serie B a couple of years ago, along with Palmer. <laughs> um, but yeah, Berlusconi was talking about getting into the Champions League. Um, and Galliani, his old man, old right hand man, has had to talk him down and just say, "We'll settle with mid table or fourteenth or something like that." Um, but we were talking about Icardi earlier, and there was one uh, stage of the of, of the summer in which uh, Icardi and Monza were were, were 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 feeling each other out, talking about maybe him signing for for for, for the club. So that shows the the ambition. Um, they've signed a lot of players who are kind of experienced in in Serie A, sort of very clean cut, no tattoos. That's that's another thing that Berlusconi has kind of made part of his transfer strategy. Although I think they've had to compromise on that a bit. Um, it's very about clean living, you know, healthy. Kind of. <laughs> that's yes. No controversy. Very active in yeah. in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, but yeah, they've got some they've got some interesting players. I mean, I, I think one of the th- things that always told you they were going to come up was they were signing a Brazil under 21 left back in Carlos Augusto that they've got a player who'd been playing for Portugal's under 21s Danny Mota who's sort of um, been their top scorer last year so when you're adding sort of Serie A experience to that and some really good promising young players yeah they should uh, do well Um, but uh, whether that means they're pushing into the top half of the table I think remains Mm. to be seen. Yeah, I think realistically, perhaps. Well, they begin their campaign at home to Torino this Saturday. Other games <laughs> to look out for. Napoli begin their campaign away at Verona, a fixture which once gave us one of the most famous banners in Italian football history when the uh, Neapolitans unveiled a striscione <laughs> saying Juliet was a tart. Harsh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's actually uh, a fairly polite. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I expected worse yeah. than tarts, to be <laughs> no, well, no need for that from, kind of thing. From... As for Roma, their march to the Scudetto begins at the Arecchi as they take on Salernitana. And Juve have Sassuolo, who sold all their players or are busy selling them. Almost. They're two, they're Almost. Strikers. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost, they lost the derby to Modena um, uh, in the Coppa Italia, um, 3-2 uh, on Monday night, uh, which, which led their captain... Domenico Berardi, who's still at the club, um, he was leaving the ground and he was uh, abused by a, a fan and then chased after him and wanted to settle things outside. And basically he had, uh, uh, had to release a statement afterwards saying, yeah, I know I'm a footballer, I'm a role model, shouldn't do that, but uh, don't abuse my family, don't insult my family. So. Yeah. We've seen a few things like this in Italy. You mentioned Torino. We saw their sporting director and coach get into a big fight in a mm. car park in Austria, uh, <laughs> in which one was calling the other a dead and uh, to go, yeah, go off and that sort of thing. Uh, but it worked because the argument was over the lack of signings, and they signed a player promptly the next day. So, um, yeah, sort of creative tension, uh, very much at the forefront of transfers in Serie A at the moment. Love it, love it. All right, well the. 
City House season begins this weekend. Golato will be returning. The BT Sport TV show, Golato Live. Uh, we, we're not actually starting until, I think, round four, is that, James? We're letting the league settle a yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's too hot, I think. Too hot. Is, yeah. is, is, is the reason, yeah. Round three is a midweek one. We'll be in, I think, on the 30th, 31st of August. With something hot and tasty. But of course, in the meantime, you can catch up with all the action or our reaction to it right here on the Tooley Football Show every Tuesday. Looking forward to that. Jules, Alvaro, James, producer Charlie, get what soon. Raffer a little bit earlier on. You, listener. Many thanks for your participation in today. Do join us in a week's time and enjoy your continental football, whichever flavour. It's going to be coming in. We'll catch up with you next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Listen ad-free on the Athletic app and discover bonus content by following the Athletic UK Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. Find out the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Athletic.